reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 to 56. Jesus feeds the 5,000. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Jesus walks on the water. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Jesus heals the sick in Gennesaret. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, 
in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment, and as many as touched it were made well. Amen. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. Yeah, it is good to be here before you to share the word of God with you this morning again. Yeah, I love when the place is full of people because Jesus was a man of people. And before we jump to the message, let's just pray and commit this moment to the hand of God. God, thank you for this moment. And God, I pray that you use me for your glory. And God, I pray for the renewal, renewal of mind and the transformation of heart in this place. Be with us from the beginning to the end of everything. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about miracles. Uh, I was going to talk about the deeds of Jesus. And first of all, I believe that our God can do all things. And nothing is too hard for him. Is the one who, who does impossible and great things. Is the one who does exceedingly and abundantly more than we ask or we could imagine. Is the one who exceeds our expectation. And I know that some people, I know that some people believe in miracles and some rely on their talents or their ability to do some things. But let me just tell you, there are things that only God can do for us, even though we work hard. Amen? And, and today's message, God is going to awaken your faith and uh, by, knowledge, uh, by knowledge of what he, what he can do and what he cannot do. And these are the texts that we're going to cover today. We're going to talk, talk about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and just walking on water and just healing people and the defilement controversy at Genesaret. And let's start, let us just start with Jesus feeding the 5,000 people. And this text is the book of Mark chapter 6 from verse 30, uh, 31 to 42. And now let us study this miracle and focus to the interaction between Jesus and the disciples. And this, this miracle happened in the remote place. And Jesus told his disciples to go by themselves and, and he will follow them because Jesus wanted to be alone to pray. And for the disciples, it was a great opportunity for them to have something to eat because they were preoccupied with the coming and the going of people. And if we look at in verse 21, Jesus' expectation of this place was a place of quietness and a place of resting um, with his disciples. And it was a place of privacy. And but that uninhabited place did, did not guarantee a privacy. And in that remote place that Jesus performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000. And this means most of the time that God shows his great deeds in our lives uh, in the place where we couldn't, imagine even, uh, we couldn't imagine even something great can come from there. Amen. And, 
and seeing the, the, the time and the day and the location of that place has led the disciples to come to Jesus concerning for the people's hunger and to ask Jesus to dismiss the crowd for the people to go into the surrounding villages and, and towns but for them to buy something to eat by themselves. But Jesus' response, however, confuses the disciples. You give them something to eat. And here, Jesus gives them the responsibility to feed, to feed, feed people by themselves. And what I understand here, praying for people is good. But if you also have the opportunity to help people financially or emotionally or, let's say, intellectually, <laughs> that is better than just praying alone. And I know two, two men was praying on a mountain, and another one was praying, God, God, I want 500, 000, 500 euros, please. And I want, another one was praying, God, I want you to bless my business to become a millionaire. And the one was praying for for God to bless his business to become a millionaire, heard uh, the guy was praying for 500, and he came to him, my brother, this is the 500 you're looking for. Go down for the mountain. You're disturbing me. But this, 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 this story, it can look funny, but, but the good things uh, is the answer to the, that man for 500 came to the man who was beside him. Amen. And this means that if we're also the opportunity to help people financially or emotionally, and that is better than just praying alone. Amen. But here, the disciples express the impossibility and doubting that they are not able to feed people. And that expression was faced toward themselves and indirectly to Jesus. And just ask them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And they come to Jesus. They came to Jesus, they say, five and two fish. And some of the miracles in our lives happen because we discover and acknowledge what we have. And all the good things we want in our lives mm, are already in us and around us. Let me explain it. The solution you're looking for, you need for, for your problem, for you to be satisfied, is already in you and around you. I remember my first book I read, um, there's one guy who gave me that book three years ago, and I just read that book last year, and that book transformed my life, and, and I didn't know that the solution to my problem was in that book, and that book was on my desk for three years, and I didn't know. And, and one of the things I've learned in life is, it is not only about having something, but it's, it is all about knowing how to use and to manage what we have for the glory of God. Amen? Because all of us have something. None of us has nothing. All of us have something, but we must discover what we have. And the moment that we discover what we have, we can bring it to just to multiply. Amen? And Jesus told the disciples, to, let, to, to, to tell the people to sit down. And what Jesus commanded his disciples to do, putting people into the group of hundreds and fifties, this has the same image in the book of Exodus, uh, uh, chapter 18, verse 25, when Moses made the rulers of 1,500 and 
and 110. And the disciples started to distribute food from the first person to the, the 5,000 person. And this is the text of waiting. It's the text of waiting. And you might find yourself waiting for so long. Waiting for so long. But, but let me tell you, when we are willing to wait in faith, then the possibility of miracle increases. Amen? And when I'm saying waiting in faith, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about the passive waiting, but I'm talking about the active waiting. What is the active waiting? The active waiting, you are waiting, but you're working at the same time. But it's not about a passive waiting, is I'm waiting, but I'm sleeping. God, I know that you're going to do everything that you said in my life. God, I know that you all your promises, yes, amen, you're going to bring it. But that is not waiting. That is what waiting. Waiting is your waiting in faith. Waiting in faith is action. You show your deeds. Amen. <clears throat> and <clears throat> you may be the last, <laughs> you may be the last person to wait for food, but waiting in faith, waiting faith is always satisfied. Is always satisfied. And Proverbs 10, chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful thought for it. And the satisfaction is only found in Jesus. This is one of the things you must know. The satisfaction, the true satisfaction is, is only found in Jesus. Is the, is the only one who can satisfy. Because he's the bread of life who came from heaven. Amen? And let's move on to the, the next text, uh, Jesus walking on water. And this text is in the book of Mark, chapter 6, uh, from uh, verse 45 to 52. And this text has the same beginning with the previous one we read, when Jesus told his disciples to go by themselves. And that is the same thing happened here. And why was Jesus telling his disciples to go ahead of him? It was to give them rest and for him also to, to, to take time out from his public ministry to pray alone. Amen? And the disciples obeyed to go ahead of Jesus, but they found themselves struggling in the wind. And this wind can, can be like, like those things that we struggle with in life. Uh, we could... We could, we could find ourselves uh, facing difficulties, but the only thing that gives us peace when we know that God is with us. When we know that God is with us, and that is obedience. Amen? And the disciples saw Jesus walking on water, but the response, their response was screaming in fear. And Jesus told them, don't worry, take heart. And now there are two kinds of worries. Um, the, the worries that come from, the, I, I call it the negative worries. I call it the negative worry. And that's negative worry. What does it bring? It brings torment, discouragement, doubt. It even kills our faith. And the positive one, the positive worry, leads us to find the solution. And that's, the solution may be prayer, 
or fasting or worship or praise God. Amen? And it's even cultivate our faith. And that faith produces peace. And that, that peace produces rest. And today, begin to examine your worries. Are they positive or negative? Are they leading you to find a solution? And why I'm, say, why I'm saying that they are positive or negative because some people don't worry about their lives. Because even though they, they're facing difficulties, even though bad things come to them, they are saying, okay, it's normal. Yeah, if God wants me to suffer, it's normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we need to worry sometimes about our lives. But that worry is what leads us to find a solution. Amen. And begin to examine your worries. Begin to examine your worries. And the moment that you find the sooks of your worries, begin to submit it up to the Lord. And for me, worries and complaining aren't about things, but they, because they reveal our heart desires. When we worry or we complain, it reveals our heart desires. And worries become bad when they don't move us towards God. And when worries continue long, they produce fear. And that's why Jesus said to these disciples, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And there is nothing wrong with being afraid, but because it is a part of a human emotion. But for me, when I'm afraid, uh, it is an opportunity for me to work hard, uh, to develop myself. Yeah, for me, yeah, when I'm afraid of things, I don't know what to do. You know, even when I'm, when I'm preparing a message, and I don't know how to, to deliver it. Oh, I'm afraid, and I know, I must work hard now. <laughs> or practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I would just to say to you, today, use your fear to produce a godly outcome. Amen? Because in the book of Hebrews 11, chapter 11, uh, verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I love in the other versions, they say, diligently seek him. <laughs> Amen. And the only things that can help us to produce a godly outcome is faith. Yeah. And today, decide to believe in faith. Decide to believe in faith. Because by believing in faith, you are losing nothing. On the contrary, you will gain everything. Yeah. And let's move to the text of Jesus healing people. And this text is in the book of Mark chapter 6, from, uh, from verse 53 to 56. And just was going place to place to share the good news of the kingdom, bringing the godly solution to people. And when Jesus was going place to place, and people recognized him, and after recognizing him, they ran to him. And running to Jesus was a sign, for me it was a sign of, of faith and, and surrender. 
And the way to the miraculous begins the moment we recognize the way to the solution. And this is that's why the devil doesn't want people to know the truth. Because he knows that by knowing the truth, people will be set free. And the moment we recognize our solution, we should run towards it. And this, the way to our solution is Jesus Christ. The way to our solution is Jesus Christ. And when the people recognize Jesus and they run to him, and what they did again, they begin to beg him to touch his clothes for them to be healed. And I know that in this generation, people are sorry for saying that because they are full of themselves. <laughs> people are full of themselves. Uh, even though the, the solution is close to them, they will go and find the solution elsewhere uh, because they don't want to ask, they don't want to beg. <laughs> but let me tell you this. Humility is key to miracles. Humility is key to miracles. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 40, uh, verse 40, uh, Verse, sorry, 14. <laughs> if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive the sin and will heal the land. I know that there are things that God will do in our lives even though we don't pray for them. That is the sovereignty of our God. But there are some we must pray, we must seek, we must knock, we must beg until we get them. Yes. We must pray and pray, pray until we get them. And that's why, that's why, uh, 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 just pray, uh, uh, this, um, this scripture saying to pray and never cease. And Mark chapter 7, Mark chapter 7, the defilement and controversy at Genesaret, in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 7, from, from verse 1 to 23, we must know that it is easier to change clothes. It is easier to change clothes, yeah. It is easier to change clothes, but it is difficult to change a mindset. Difficult. It's difficult to change the mindset because that, that's why the greatest miracles is the renewal of mind. The renewal of, the renewal of mind is the greatest, greatest miracles. And how is our mind renewed? Our mind is renewed by exposing ourselves to the Word of God. Exposing ourselves to the Word of God is not all about reading, it's all about reading, uh, listening or exposing yourself to good people or going to Bible study, or you take time to, to spend time with the Lord, or that can be also fasting, yeah. For me, I love fasting, Pastor knows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and where there is a renewal of mind, there is also a transformation of heart. And the greatest miracle that God does starts in our mind, and the solution to, to our problems comes from 
from God through our minds and brings the solution to our heart that is connected to our consciousness. And, and in, this in this text, uh, Mark shows us that God cares more about our heart than our outward appearance. I'm not, I'm not saying that our out appearance <laughs> doesn't matter, but, <laughs> but what I say here in this, in this text, God cares more about our heart. Our heart. Our heart. Because in our heart comes everything. Yeah, because you remember this uh, verse just was saying, it is not what we hit that defies, but what comes from our heart. And what is the renewal of mind? Renewal of mind is repentance. And we cannot have a renewal of mind if we are, we are still holding to the things that are contrary to the word of God. And that's why we need to repent. I know this, this word repent may, may sound like condemning, but that is also the way to the solution. And what does repentance mean? Repentance, repentance is giving up to our sins and changing directions. And I, I know, I love also one of the things like confessing our sins to God once, you know, we have been to, to this week and you come to church on Sunday and say, I'm going to confess all my sins before taking the communion. <laughs> but it is good to confess our sins. But the, the best thing is to willing to give up on them. To give up on them. And you remember when I, when I preached uh, my last sermon about final judgment, I said something. Uh, the moment that you find yourself, you want to praise God, or want to, be, to do the will of God, and you find yourself that all your addiction, all your everything that's pulling you or holding you back, from God to obey him, to do the will of God. You need to cry out to him, to say, God, I know that you are a God of holiness, you're a God of sanctification, but I want to do your will, but it is difficult for me to do your will, to live according to your word. I want you to help me according to your spirit that dwells in me. And God loves this kind of prayer. He will come for your rescue for sure, for sure. And we cannot give up to our sin if we are not conscious of the wrong things we do. We must be conscious of the wrong things we do. And that's why we need to pray to God to, to light up our conscience. To light up our conscience. For us to see clearly. And the good thing is, is when we go to pray, sometimes we, we worship God and we, we ask the things we want. Sometimes we, we need also to ask God, God, Show me the state of my heart. Show me. How am I before you? I want to see how am I. And God doesn't only want us to honor him with our lips, but he wants us also to honor him with our heart. Amen? Yeah. And these are the things that we must remember today. Uh, Jesus is the bread of life who alone can satisfy. And the miracle you're looking for is already in you and around you. 
I remember, uh, I think that's three years ago or four years, I think. I, I wanted people to help me. I want to say, ah, oh, this, this man will help me. This, yeah, this lady will help me. And I found myself that all of them, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. And I thank God for that. And that's helped me to discover myself. And if those people helped me, I wouldn't be here preaching the word of God. I would say, okay, now nah, nah, everything, everything not, I took it for me, yeah. I got, let's thank God. But that was, what, that was a good thing for me to discover myself. And I thank God for that. And the solution you're looking for. And everything you need for you to be satisfied is already in you and around you. That may be people or books, the Bible. <laughs> Read the solution. And my mom told me every time, uh, when you give someone the Bible, say to him, the solution to your problem is here. Everything, every difficulties you face in your life is here. The solution is here in the word of God. That's why you need to meditate on it. Meditate every day. <laughs> every day. Because when we meditate on the word of God every day, every day, every day, that, in, in that's where the renewal of man comes. Amen. <clears throat> and your faith, you must know that your faith will create the move of God in your life. And just was taking time out of his, out, out from his public ministry to pray alone. And this is one of the things we must always do to pray and without ceasing. And, and when you are praying and nothing is happening, I know it's difficult. All of us, we don't like it. It is difficult. And for me, well, sometimes when I pray, I pray, nothing is happening. And I said, God, you are more intelligent than me. You are wiser than me. If I do nothing is happening, I know that you're walking behind the scenes. Amen? And this is one of the things we must declare. And Christianity is all about faith, believing God. It's, you must know where is your faith is built upon. And everything, everything we want in our lives, to be satisfied, <clears throat> they are not bad things, or they may be not bad things, but they, can, they are not bad things, but they, they, can, they can become bad when they are not lining up to the will of God. Everything that we are looking for, we are praying. They can become bad when they are, lining, they are not lining up to the will of God, but God doesn't only want, they want to give us good things, but he wants to give us the best things. The best. He wants to give us the best things for us to have a perfect satisfaction. Amen? And, and what if I'm praying? <laughs> Nothing's happening. What if I'm walking in obedience? Nothing's happening. And We must know that we don't give our lives to Jesus. We don't, we don't give our lives to Jesus for material things. But we give our lives to Jesus because of eternal life. We give our life to him because of eternal life. And we must also know that our God is a good father. Who also supplies 
who generously supplies the materials need for his people. He will come for sure for your rescue. He's a good father. He has promised that he's not going to leave us alone. He's not going to forsake us. He's always with us. Always. It's always. And today, even though you're praying, nothing's happening. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't let nothing, any situation to separate you from the love of Christ. Don't let nothing or something to separate you from the love of Christ. And last time I was talking to my mom, I said to my mom, you know, there are three things that separate us from, uh, from God. The first thing is bad companions. And the second one is addiction. Because some people, they want, they, they want to experience their life in Christ. They want to know Christ, but they found themselves there. The one addiction is pulling them back, but they don't know how to overcome them. And when they don't know how to overcome them, they, that addiction overcome them, they give up on God. And another one is the situation. The third one is the situation. The situation, don't let any situation to separate you from the love of Christ. And that's why Paul, uh, Paul is in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8, 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Don't let anything to separate you from the love of Christ. And don't give up. Keep going. Even nothing is, nothing is coming. Nothing is happening. Keep going. By, by believing in faith, you will gain everything. Amen? And Jesus is the source where we should remain because without him, it is impossible to, to reflect Christ-likeness in our lives. And God doesn't want, that God doesn't only want your time, or your money, or, or your worship, or your praise, or your presence here. <laughs> but God wants you. He wants you. And that you is your heart. He wants you to be transformed, to be like him. Amen? He wants you to be like him and to be transformed on the inside of you. And for you to be a light that will shine in the darkness and people will bring glory to our master, Jesus. Amen? And today, know that everything you're looking for is already inside of you and around you. And continue to believe in faith. By believing in faith, you're losing nothing. On, on the contrary, you will gain everything. And when you gain what have been praying for, remain in the socks that is Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. <clears throat> Father Lord, thank you for this message. And thank you that God, we know that you are the bread of life that came from heaven. And we know that by believing in you, <laughs> we'll gain everything. And when we gain everything, that we help us to remain in you. And to not turn on the left or on the right, but 
to follow the narrow road that is you for us to see one day face to face. And God, help us. Help us, Jesus, to remain in you, to recognize you and to run towards you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone say, Thank you, Nathan, for your work. Half an hour in the pulpit is hours and hours um, at home. And uh, I just want to thank you for your work, Nathan. You've given us a lot to meditate upon in that message this morning. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Staying with the bread of life then, this is John's Gospel. And Jesus says, to the crowds, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. We're going to break bread in a moment. We'll sing our final song. And then uh, during that song, we'll leave the auditorium and we'll go into the hallway. And Jacques was saying, I think, bear left and try and fill out down that space there on the left uh, because of the congestion in the hallway. Um, you'll be served as usual from the table on the left. If you don't feel that you can take communion this morning, either because you are disconnected from the Lord and you don't feel in good conscience that you can do that or maybe you don't understand what communion is and you'd rather not partake then please just come out anyway don't take the bread or the cup and stand with us uh, you're very welcome to join us for prayer at the end um, as we leave and take the cup and the bread hold on to it and we will all eat together um, just to prepare our hearts then Jesus was saying, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. In the Catholic Church, transubstantiation is the belief that when the priest gives the bread and the wine uh, to the people, it actually becomes the blood and the flesh of the body of Christ. We don't believe that. We believe that when Jesus is talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, he's talking about an act of faith that we recognize in these symbols the life given to us through the Son of God. So as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we do it in faith, knowing that the life of Jesus has won for us eternal life through his blood shed and his body given. Let's take a moment to examine ourselves and let's confess our sin before the Lord and let's consider in this moment what Christ gave that we might come. And maybe between you and the Lord, you just want to take the time to repent, to confess, to say things to God that maybe that needs to be said before you come to his table.
And as an act of faith and confession, we can say together the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Luen. Lucius. <laughs>